Hello and welcome to another radio catch up. This week we're having a re catch up catch up with Lady Carol Carmen at Christmas. If ever there's a jumper for Christmas, that's it, Carol. My God, what, what, uh, it's like different scenes of Christmas. Yeah. Shall I stand up for you and yes. I'll let you have a look? Yeah, there's a, the sock. What's with the, is that a clown up in the corner? What no, is... that's an angel, you fool. Oh, right. And okay. there's a reindeer there. Okay, yes. It's divided into, hang on, one, two, three, divided into 12 panels and there's a Christmas tree in the middle and then we've got a Santa yeah. It looks like he's robbing a bank to me, but there you go. We've got reindeer, we've got, uh, yeah, Christmas stocking, um, oh, angel oh, I mean, again. Seriously, I, that's one of those things I see on, um, uh, not Holmes Under the Hammer, what's that other thing I have to watch? Um, Antiques Roadshow. A, bo <laughs> a boy comes in with a, something that's been knitted in 1753, and yeah. they've put it in a frame, and go, oh, that's beautiful, that's going to earn a bit... 50 to 60 quid. I think that jumper's going to be down that road very soon, madam, so just don't get well, rid of it. I think it is vintage. And it's got little golden bobbles and little red-green bobbles sewn onto it yeah. as well. And when I first bought this, Ronnie, um, my niece, um, she, not, she wasn't very old. I mean, she was about 11 or 12 or something like that. She, uh, she just said to her father, uh, we didn't need to have bought a Christmas tree this year, Dad. We could have just stood me out to Carol in the corner and put lights around her. Yeah, oh, yeah I, I hope you sort those, you know, those youngsters with their cheeky comments. It's yeah. outrageous. Hey, listen, um, uh, I, was, I was actually thinking about the whole things that we used to do at Christmas because we worked all the way up to Christmas. We usually worked... Um, we did the show on the Saturday before Christmas, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we always did. Yeah, we worked, we worked every Saturday up to Christmas. And, uh, I mean, it was just it was just a joy. Because, do you remember, the listeners used to send stuff in for us. Yeah. We'd be snowed under with boxes of chocolates and Great. and cards. They would send cards yes. in to us. And it was just a joy. It was, it, and it was the, the other thing as well is that because we were doing the open studio thing at Peterborough, and people would come in and, and it would be like a festive thing. Was it that Christmas? Was it a Christmas? We remember the power moment when we were all in the studio and the power panel was up here and we everybody, oh, uh, a lot of listeners had come in and somebody leaned against the power switch and switch took us off air completely, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. And it was just like a cartoon moment, if you like, because we were all standing about going, what? What? What's just what? happened? What? what? Why is it all quiet? Yeah, it's quiet. Why are there no lights on? Yeah. They... And... <laughs> and, then... and it was famous, genuinely, a chap would come into the open and you just like, you know, like you do, you lean against the wall, don't you? And you hadn't noticed that the big power button was there. You know, when... And, uh, of course, we couldn't see it because he was leaning on it. When you think about that these days, can you imagine what we would have to fill in in paperwork to say, <laughs> we're just going to open up a BBC studio for people to get off the street and just chat with us and hang around while we're doing live broadcasting. Um, and it was, and, you know, it, we'd never had one bit of trouble. There was never any hassle at all. And, and the great thing, people could come in and then go shopping. Right, I've got, yes. to, I've got to go now, Ronnie. It's good to see you. And then, yeah. oh, it was just, I mean, I loved the Peterborough Studios. I loved that whole, that whole vibe as well. Uh, and then, but that was the thing. We said to people, 
Come on in. <laughs> yeah, we're and they did. We're <laughs> come in here as come in here as well. I, I can still remember some of the things. Um, talking of the Saturday show, you remember the time when we got we de we decided or I decided I said I've got an old phone, Carol. Uh, shall we drop off the multi-story car park uh, next yes. to, and see if it survives? Do you remember? Yes. And we set I up. This, we set up the whole show, and you were you were on a phone, and you were outside, and and, and we said, right, you're on the phone yet, and we crashed it, and I think we got more. Comp I got a few complaints because I'd done away with a phone. It was like I'd, I'd done something really harmful to an animal, and all I'd done was drop the phone. <laughs> and it didn't work. The one thing I regret about that is that I didn't go. Yeah, exactly. We, we, hadn't, I dropped it. we hadn't even thought about the, the whole thing as no. well. Oh, but do you remember that? Do you remember that Saturday when we had those drummers in? We had a set of drummers in. Oh yes. And uh, our, our producer put him, put them in the centre studio, and you were in the you were in the main studio, and you're going, no, the needle's way off the scale. So we put them out in the passageway, <laughs> and they play something, and uh, no, the needle's way off the scale. We ended up with them in the car park because <laughs> yeah, they were we so loud. loud. So loud. <laughs> was, we did. We used to do a few live bands, and we used to get a few people coming yeah. in as well. Um, and uh, I don't remember much pre-fading going on. I'm quite surprised you said that I'd pre-faded <laughs> to see if the. <laughs> The levels were all wrong. But um, the other thing you wanted to talk about was Mr. Harper on, on the uh, the pod couple thing we did. Uh, Mr. Harper oh, was yes. uh, talking about a Christmas present he wanted. And it was a, a desk, a small desk, a school desk, with a lid that opened up. And he'd asked that. And uh, Santa Claus, his dad, had built this beautiful wooden thing. And he was ever so disappointed with it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, to be honest with you, it just reminded me of one of the, you know, like you get family legends in your own family. Yeah. Well, one of the ones was that my brother wanted a train set, he desperately wanted a train set, and my dad bought one off a bloke at work, but it was all like nailed to a big board, so it was all pre-laid out. And there's a big board, and apparently my brother just took one look at it and went, I oh, don't want that. Oh, no. But oh, I did get a desk, though. I did get a desk, but... One of the, I mean, don't get me wrong, Ronnie, I had a very happy childhood and very happy Christmases, unlike apparently Mr. Harper, who, as you said, lived in Dickensian times. I mean, next time I watch Scrooge, I'm going to think of him whenever I see Bob Cratchit lighting the candles on that Christmas tree. But, I mean, disappointment with toys and things. I wanted a Tressie, which was, there were two dolls out at the same time. There was Cindy and Tressie, and I wanted a Tressie. And the, the tagline with Tressie was, her hair grows. And I think you just had to turn a knob in, in her back or something, and her hair would grow. And I couldn't, I pestered and pestered and pestered, can I have a Tressie, can I have a Tressie? That's all I wanted for Christmas, is a Tressie. And I never got one. And my mum told me that it was because they couldn't afford it. And I spoke to her about this years later. She said, no, we just couldn't find one. It wasn't that we couldn't afford it. We couldn't find one. Um, so I thought, well, you lied to me there, didn't you? You yeah. said you couldn't afford it. But other things, like I always wanted a spirograph. Oh, oh I got the spirograph. Oh, Did yeah. You? Oh, yeah. I got the spirograph. Oh, it was. Oh. Did you have an etch a sketch? I always wanted an etch a sketch. Yeah, um, what was the one with the magnetic thing? Remember the magnetic thing? You shook it. You, so you'd, you'd mark out, and it was little magnetic flakes, tiny wee things. 
Were what, they... with the two knobs on? Yes, or with yeah. The... Yeah, yeah, that was the Etch-a-Sketch. Was that yeah. it? All right, because I, 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 that lasted about a morning for me. I went, I can't even make any of this. Can he do it? But I also got I also got a message from Santa. I got a blackboard on an easel one year. And on it was written, Merry Christmas, Carol, love from Santa. And I read this and I went round everybody in the family, my dad, mum, my brother and my two uncles. And I went, did you write that? <laughs> did you write that? I can imagine. Did you write? And they all, of course, they all went, no, I didn't write that. I didn't write that. No, I didn't write that. So, and I know it. I know, looking back, I just it, it's burnt into my memory. And I know now that it was my dad's handwriting. Well, I am um, uh, talking of uh, things your parents did to kind of convince you about Santa. Is we had a uh, we had a, a fire, a proper fire. We, you know, my yeah. dad was a miner, so we had a proper fire, and uh, and we used to come down, and my dad would actually Santa would put some handprints on the <gasps> mantelpiece, or they just the other thing, and you'd come down, and I'd go, oh, oh. I was seventeen at the time. No, no, I, <laughs> I, I would see these, and I think, oh, he's been here, and it was <gasps> a, the whole thing. And even my dad would get the mince pie, which was always yeah. half eaten. It was never fully eaten. And there would be a wee bit of soot in the mince pie as well. It was all that convincing of that whole thing. Oh, dedicated to his craft, that man. Oh, dedicated yeah. it, to it, his craft. It was a whole thing. But but um, but I, uh, the one time I can remember is when my big sister, sister was, was on the cusp. She kind of knew... Santa wasn't Santa, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. So, she, But she was brilliant. It played along, you know, but every now and then the slip was go. so, Mum, uh, did you get me that thing? I mean, did Santa get me that thing? I mean, <laughs> she would miss, she'd miss the beat with it. But, oh, my goodness, yeah, it was the, the, the whole thing of uh, going through with it. Yeah, but it was the lead up to Christmas for kids as well. And I'm not, I'm not talking. I mean, it's such a big thing these days. It wasn't such a big thing when we were kids. But like decorating the house with the paper trimmings, oh, God. the fold out paper trimmings. Now I don't know how they did it in, your, in up in Scotland, but in our house, my mum used to do it. And the trimmings, the fold-out paper trimmings, would go from the corners of the room to the big light in the middle. <laughs> the big light. <laughs> the big light. Yes. And she'd do this in the back, in the middle room, uh, and in the front room, because those days we had a front room that nobody ever used. Yeah. I mean, you lived in a three-bedroom terrace with two downstairs rooms and a back kitchen, and then when I was about 14, we actually got a bathroom yeah. because, you know, outside loo and all that. But she'd put them up in the front room as well, from the corners to the big light, and, uh, you know, twisting the paper crepe things um, and then unfolding, like, the big bell shape. Oh, yeah, the bell one. Yes, yes, the bell yes. Oh, yeah. The other thing we used to do um, as well, talking about the build-up, at school, we would, come up to Christmas, we would do um, PE became country dancing. So it was Scottish oh, country. Yes. Which, and it was like the whole year would be in the big uh, PE hall. And it's the only chance blokes got to touch uh, girls, <laughs> you know, legally. All right. It was legally. But it was just like mugging. You know, you did this, kind of, you flew each other down the gay gardens, down the road, and then, you know, if you get, and if Karen Campbell, who was taller than me, and I, I loved Karen, oh, God, I wish, uh, and, and she was taller than me, well, everybody was, but she can, <laughs> she, when it came to kind of flinging your own, she literally would just throw me in, and the thing was, we reckoned there was more bruises, I thought we spoke to my big sister with this, there was more bruises 
with country dancing was yes. like, but it was the whole build up to Christmas and then and and uh, do you remember as well? Um, we used to my dad because of minor. We used to have a party, a, a, a minor's Christmas party, and we got yeah. a bag of um, stuff. You know, not presents, but but it would be food in there. And then Santa Claus would come in, and our Santa Claus always smelled a wee bit of booze. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad worked at Ford's, the motor company. And they always had a Christmas party. But also, he went to the local working men's club throughout the year, you know, three or four times a week during... And all the blokes there would chip in, I don't know, sixpence a shilling a week or something, throughout the year. And then, like, on the day before Christmas, all the all their kids would go up to the club and you'd be given yeah. and literally a carrier bag full of sweets and I'm talking you know Smarties and Spangles yeah. and bars of chocolate and fruit gums and jelly babies and boxes of licorice all sorts if you were good it would last you till oh, till Easter yeah but what I used to do with the licorice all sorts was because I didn't like licorice I would just eat all the other stuff off the licorice and then I'd give the licorice to my uncle because he didn't mind that so <laughs> You know those big pink, pink oh, and yeah. blue wheels. Oh. I just, I just eat all the sweet stuff from around it, and then just give him the little black bit in the middle. It was brilliant. It was great at the end of the day as well. That excitement you had to go upstairs with your annual. You know, I used to get the, the Bruins or Urwally. Yes, and maybe um, uh, it would be the Dandy. And that excitement you hadn't touched it all day. You'd been playing with your presents, and you got your new pajamas on. Right, yes. new pajamas on, upstairs, maybe a new dressing gown. Your prickly dressing gown. Yeah, yeah, and upstairs and getting your, oh, that joy of sitting there that night would just, you know, reading your dandy or your being it was just, just a great feeling. But talking of alcohol, um, I don't know, I don't know whether you did this, but um, on Christmas Eve, my mum would do the big Christmas Eve tea, you know, Pork pie, ham, you know, salad, the works, salmon, all this, everything. And uh, she'd always say, it's Christmas Eve, you've got to have a drop of rum in your tea. <laughs> and she'd, she'd just go around with the rum bottle. And, that, you know, I can remember this from being about six or seven. You'd have rum in your tea. Yeah. Now, whether it was just put in there just to make you sleep or not. Um, but, I mean, there, were, there must have been dosing us up since we were babbies, you well, know. I had an Auntie Mary who had a canary up the leg of a Canary? Yes, um, Auntie Mary. And I used to go round to see them at the weekend and she would always give me an avocado and lemonade, right? <laughs> and it wasn't until much later on. And I'd get an extra one at Christmas. I'd maybe get two on a Saturday. And I, would, I wouldn't even be, I'd only be about 10 or 11. And this avocado, I would get this, and I didn't realise I was alcoholic. Not a, not a bit of it. <laughs> But but there was that whole thing. But our, of course, Scotland, of course, the big boozy session with um, with things. But we used to have our Christmas dinner, and my dad was a painter and decorator at that time. And we used to use the the paste table for the. <laughs> that was the that was the table. That was the only big table we had, and we put it there. And you couldn't even move in the living room as as a result of it. But this thing, but it was always flimsy, you know. That but that was when the big table came out. Oh my god, it was great. Yeah. And I remember once, I mean, we had so many, I mean, I'm, as I've said before, we lived in a three-bedroomed Victorian Edwardian terrace with a front room, a back room and a back kitchen. And once we had so many people, because we had my two uncles from one side and then my uncle and auntie <laughs> yes. from the other side. 
And we had so many... Romy, we had two sittings for Christmas dinner. <laughs> you know, my mother never got out of a penny all day. No, and, I, uh, I just remember my mum being frazzled, uh, the whole thing. But <clears throat> that is so true, though. You get an uncle and auntie from one side, an uncle and auntie from the other yeah. side. But see, the, our problem was my mum was part of five. Right? She was one of five. And we had to make sure that whoever got invited last year, didn't get invited this year. And so it's because, but it kept the route, because if anybody was out of, um, you know, I didn't get invited for your Christmas, it just caused so many problems, just the whole thing. But it was just, uh, uh, and the other thing is, um, and I still to this day, I can still taste it. My mum used to do trifle for uh, the <gasps> Christmas pudding. We didn't really get in for yeah. uh, the Christmas pudding. We would get in for the, uh, a trifle. Oh, man, I can still taste that. I can still remember getting up on Boxing Day and having some trifle for my breakfast. <laughs> oh, you see, that's when you know that you're an adult, isn't it? When yeah. you can get up and have trifle for your yeah. breakfast. Mind you, my cholesterol wasn't going to double figures. <laughs> <laughs> How old is this child? His cholesterol through the roof. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well done. You've got his cholesterol. Well done. That's the best cholesterol I've ever seen. Now, did you did you get picked for the nativity? I, because I heard somebody this week <coughs> on another radio station, and they were sort of talking about kids and what they were going to do in the nativity. And one somebody emailed into this radio station and said, "My little girl's in her first nativity, and she's playing a washing machine." <laughs> I think they just look at making sure nobody's left out because you can't leave anybody out. <laughs> I was baby Jesus. Um, Were you? Yeah, I was baby Jesus in a pram. <laughs> I was wheeled, wheeled it. Remember the big princess prams, right? Yeah. Got those. And I was so so small. I must be, you know. And they decided I was going to be baby Jesus and they wheeled me in the pram. Mary, Mary, um, I don't think Mary. No, I had to, yeah. <laughs> I turned up and yeah, the, the pram came out of the stable, uh, the stable which was um, where we used to keep the gym equipment. I came out of the stable. <laughs> my, my my grandson, he was saying that he, um, he he says I can't remember if I'm going to be a tree or one of the uh, wise men. I says well, you know the tree, you won't have to learn any lines. He says I think there are lines to learn, Grandpa. I says what what would a tree say at the christening at the nativity? And, but, but you're right, I think a lot of that goes on. Yeah, and w one year I got picked for the nativity. Um, this was at senior school. And I, I was, it was, a, it was, a, it wasn't a proper nativity. It was sort of like a, a modern play wrapped around a nativity. And I was cast as one of three sort of what you might call troublesome teenagers, that sort of thing. And the, the premise was that we were three lasses. You know, we'd been out into town and we went into the church and we were just mucking about in the church. And I started singing and I had to sing, you know, I just went, Are there a danger singing? And the drama teacher went, you, to me, now. Oh, what, what, what have I done? She said, forget about this, you're going to be Mary. <laughs> what? She said, you can sing, you're going to be Mary. And, and they recast me as Mary. And Ronnie, what I had to do was it was all based around the fact people passing by what was a tableau if you like yeah. outside a church you know you get a big nativity outside a church well i was part of the tableau i had to stand on a chair on the stage dressed as mary all the way through this flipping play and then sing a song right at the end 
And that was all I had to do. And I was just standing there. And, of course, you got stage lights coming down on you and you're wilting away like this. I thought, it's the last time I open my mouth and sing. Yeah. I think we've all said that, Carol, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> no, um, do you remember, now you've hit the crisp, do you remember that year um, I made, uh, you had to guess the weight of the Christmas turkey. And oh. what I did, and it wasn't a turkey, because um, uh, uh, I, I got two books of yellow pages and I put them and I put and I dropped them down and then I slapped the back of my hand and said, right, come on. <laughs> How much is the turkey? And I want it in pounds and ounces, all right? And we played this. And, and I, I don't know, I won't mention who it was, but there was, it was one of the management said, what's he doing bringing a turkey into the studio? There's health and safety to do this. And I think it was Andrew Wilson said, no, it's not, it's not a turkey. It's two, two yellow pages. And he's slapping the back of his hand, which is... The, the phones would light up. You know, we'd just say, all right. And it was like, you could do all that kind of... Guess the number of uh, sweeties uh, in the the, uh, the bowl as well. We did that, yeah. the Smarties thing. But you, I remember one, one big thing about the Saturday morning shows that we used to do was you would come in and go, right, I'm going to see if we can get to the moon using people's ladders. Yeah. And you, they'd have to go out, measure the length of their, the, go out into the garage, measure the length of their ladders, and then ring in. And then we'd be adding it up as people were ringing in with the length of their ladders to see how far we got. There was a time when I was working at BBC Wiltshire and I became Alan Partridge because um, I was just living in a hotel room. And my competitions were, I was measuring, getting people to measure their skirting board because that was good. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all I would say. I'd literally go from the, the, the hotel to the uh, the radio station and do that. Oh, there was, there was loads of things. It was like, um, uh, the, was, we, we did the toaster test where you had to get, oh, there was the boil in the kettle one. Do you remember that? Where we, we boiled a, a, a pint of water in the kettle, then emptied it, and we timed how long it took the first, how long would it take for two pints? All right, and they, but the biggest telling off I ever got was the that Saturday. I said, if we all switch our kettles on at the same time, could we make the lights dim? <laughs> right. So, and Andy Wilson was looking, and Andy, Andy, okay. I said, it's right. Yeah, go for it. And I said, right, okay. Well, I don't know where it was you. I think it was you. You came in and said, we just had an email or a, a call from somebody saying, this is singularly the stupid thing I've ever heard. Do, do you know the damage you could do if your audience actually all switched their kettles on at exactly the same time? <laughs> and I said, I don't think we'll get that big an audience. <laughs> and then the, the, the suspension I got, it wasn't it at uh, Cambridgeshire, the suspension I got was getting everyone to flush the toilets at the same time. Oh, well. right. Because they have to plan for these things, like in the, in the big match, don't they? They have to plan for these oh, things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that. It's too, but I, did, I just, um, but I was, I was speaking to Richard Benlove, uh, incidentally, and I just said to him, I said, you know, people always used to say, oh, I'm not wanting to work Christmas. I loved working Christmas Day. Yeah. It was just a great time. I loved the whole lead up. And then I would very often work between Christmas and New Year because it was a great time to be on the radio. Yeah, because you could do your own thing, couldn't right. you? You could, you know, put out any programme you wanted, basically. Yeah. But also, do you remember, we used to do lovely things for the listeners. Like, I remember, um, I, I think it was you that was sitting in one studio and Gerald Main was sitting in the other studio and he was taking calls and pretending to be Father Christmas. Yes. 
Oh. oh, and he would he would pretend to be Father Christmas, and he'd be you know dealing with kids, and you know they'd be ringing in going, Santa, please can I have for Christmas? Yeah. But what we also would used to do was, do you remember we used to put people in touch with their loved ones oh, yeah. across the world because it was before Facebook, before the internet, yeah. before Facebook and all that, and before you know cheap phones and cheap. <clears throat> tariffs across the world and that so people would ring in saying please can you connect me with my son or daughter in australia or whatever and it was real turgic yeah it was great and uh, because what i liked about that was everybody kind of it went from local to international you know you went suddenly you were going and then you're speaking to somebody in melbourne or something like that or i remember one year we we phoned somebody in South Africa, if I remember rightly, um, and they hadn't been in touch. Well, in fact, we got their kids on as well. They, it was a grandparent, and um, and they hadn't seen each other for like five or six years. It was it was these wee things like that. But of course, um, we did stuff then without sounding like the old geezers. We didn't really ask for permission for things. Well, I certainly didn't. No, it's 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 better to ask forgiveness. It's easier to ask forgiveness than it is to ask permission. Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing to remember. But I mean, we did we did a pantomime one year. Yeah, everybody got together. I can't remember who wrote it. it might have been Chris South. It might have been you. But we all got together and and we did a big radio Cambridgeship panto. But also, one of the funniest things that I remember was um, an episode of Dennis the Grunty Fen. Which I recorded, and it was it was uh, Dennis lived with his gran, his ninety two year old gran in the converted railway carriage, and what 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 Chris and Pete had written was um, Gran's New Year message, which went out, you know, in that time between Christmas and New Year, and she always she always wrote a message to the tribe that she supported somewhere in darkest Africa that were called the Mamba Bambi. And she wrote this message. But what we got was we got Graham Daniels to read it in Welsh. And we got Sophie Rowell to read it in Polish. Yes. And then, but, I mean, as they read this, it was the same message and somebody else read it in something else. But every so often you'd hear all this sort of like Polish and you'd hear this Welsh. And every so often you'd hear like, creosote and (laughs) oily olis fish and chip fan. <laughs> and it was just—it was just so funny, you yeah, know. Yeah, it was. And the fun that we had. Oh, the the, the creative thing as well. Do you remember? You, you remember the uh, apocryphal uh, Fen Market? Do you remember Fen Market? <gasps> yes. The um, soap opera. Margaret Hyde phoned oh. me up. Margaret Hyde phoned <laughs> me up. She says, "I've managed to get two thousand pounds worth of money to do something creative." And I just off the top of my head, "What we're we doing a soap opera?" <gasps> she went, "Oh yes." Oh, yes, let's have a soap opera. Uh, and I said, well, here's what we'll do. We'll get local actors to come in and do it. Well, it was just every Wednesday, um, Ian Lewis was producing it, and we come in, and, of course, I would set up, I'd have the whole, like, three or four episodes written for the next week, and then somebody would phone and say, I can't come in. I can't, I can't make it tonight. I've, I'm working. So I had to change the whole thing. <laughs> but the storylines, and it just was a complete lift-off of Crossroads. That's all I did was just lift, lift-off Crossroads. But that went out, and, and it was the shortest. It used to have episodes about two and a half minutes long. <laughs> 
And bless it. And I got to the end and I said, please. And Margaret phoned me up and said, I found another thousand pounds. Can we go a bit longer? I said, oh, God, we did. But it just... You see, you built it on for your own back there, oh, didn't yeah. you, Ronnie? Yeah, it was... But, but again, um, we got these local arm drum people. We'd come in from different arm drums. They'd come into the studio and they were brilliant. They would read the scripts and they would act and it was fantastic. You can't, you can't imagine that now. Well, it was, I don't know where you'd put it. I don't know who, who would actually run it. No. You know, as a show, yeah. No, I don't. I don't. And um, yeah, you're right about the asking permission or asking forgiveness thing because it seems nowadays that so much of it is you've got to get the permission first. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I very often watch things on the television and, you know, people are on a zip wire going across this place and that place or whatever, and I just look at the telly and I go, I wouldn't like to do the risk assessment for that. Uh, exactly. Yeah, because that whole thing of, you know, uh, we used to, when we went to the uh, Haddam Steam Rally and things like that, if there's any chance of uh, any kit being around that could get tangled, in fact, that did happen to me and Nicky Ledyard, it did happen. Uh, one of the long green cables, cable mics, remember? And the year, yes. the year before, um, the rain had come down at the Haddam Steam Rally and everybody got stuck for about a week after. So there was, uh, it was forecast for weather, bad weather this one. As, and we were there Sunday afternoon doing the show live. I was interviewing a guy who had an oil can collection, right? I'll never forget it. <laughs> and suddenly the rain's coming. Well, everybody started packing up. Well, the radio car was away at the far end of the, uh, the place. And this caravan, this guy with a caravan pulls out, and it, the, the back wheel of the caravan started spinning. And it's, it picked up the, the wire. Uh, the cable for the mic. So I was talking to this guy and he saw what was happening. I was getting dragged down towards this thing <laughs> <laughs> and he grabbed one of the cans so he'd have something to talk about. And we all went out and Nicky Ledger, I think, was just standing at this booth. Stop, stop, stop. And, but we never told anybody, not until now. Not until now. But, I mean, I don't think people appreciate what sort of difficulties you had to go through in those days. Just to get an outside broadcast because, I mean, I have trudged round the Chelsea Flower Show and I've trudged round the East of England show with a backpack on. I don't mean a nice little rucksack. No. I mean a frame made out of metal yep. with a wooden bottom on it and a big aerial sticking out of one corner yep. and a pack on it that was made out of metal, full of electronics and full of knobs and switches and dials and things like that, and then a massive cable coming out of it into a microphone. And it's a wonder I've not got a bad back, well, to be I honest. I imagine. That about. Talking of Dennis from Grunty Fen, I can still remember him at the Haddam Steam Rally and the crowds used to collect around him. And he yeah. was so rude to the women. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> he would, uh, I can't remember some of the, but everybody used to crowd She's around. She's a big old gal. Yeah, it, it was things like that, and they, the, 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 the listeners loved it. And Southie would be with them, and he'd be going, "No, Dennis, not just." Oh, well, she is, Mister Southie. She is, and the whole thing. Uh, we're we're running out of time, Carol. Um, right. Um, what are you doing for your Christmas? Um, I'm entertaining here at Castle Carmen, so we're having uh, we're having relatives here at Castle Carmen. So it may be that I have to take up. That uh, that tip about putting a pasting table up for the extra visitors. Yeah. Oh, that was the one thing we did. That was, you've just reminded me. You remember we said uh, we tr we tried to get as many seats in Wembley as people had um, emergency chairs. 
Oh, emergency chairs. Everybody needs an emergency chair. Oh, my. Great to catch up with you again, Carol. Um, you too. I, um, I hope you got my Christmas card. There's some money in it for you. Just give it a good shake. And uh, just give right. it a good Yeah, it's in there. It's a voucher. Um, it's a, well, actually, it's a luncheon voucher. A, a luncheon voucher. Yeah, it's a luncheon. How do you know that I take luncheon vouchers? Yes. <laughs> ready cash myself but there you go oh, well, can't have everything well you never give me any change that's the problem <laughs> <laughs> um, you'd only spend it I don't uh, Merry Christmas mate thank you very much Thank'll for doing do. this and love to that fella indoors as well ok love to Denise as well take care I'll speak to you next year Mario bye 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 Mwah.